Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. I'm going to jump right into this. Our experience series has been totally phenomenal. Pastor Gary uh, spoke several weeks ago on the prodigal. That was the first part of this message. I spoke two weeks in a row on the cross. Uh, my wife did an incredible job on forgiveness two weeks ago. Uh, Pastor Justin did an amazing job last week on tearing down the high places. It was truly extraordinary. And today we're going to close this series out and end it with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the element of this experience that we want to end with because I believe it is empowering. I believe it is a a key to the richer life that God has called you to, the richer life in every possible way. And I believe that he's someone, a person that is to be discovered. I think he's kind of the, the missing person in our faith that when you discover him, you will never see things in the same way again. Uh, it's even better than when I discovered in my 30s Nutella. Uh, I didn't actually invent Nutella. I didn't know it existed. I don't think you eat Nutella in Alabama. I grew up in Alabama. They, no one ate Nutella. And then all of a sudden I tried Nutella. I'm like, are you kidding me? I could have had this all those years. It's like, you know, I'm friends with all these Puerto Ricans and they're, they're giving me all this food all the time. And one, they, one day they let me try this stuff called trifongo. And I was like, you're telling me I could have eaten this stuff my whole life? This is amazing. And uh, don't even get me into pastelon and all these things that I discovered in my, when I was in my 30s. It's amazing when you discover something that you've never had before, it changes your whole perspective on things. And I think that the Holy Spirit is even better than that. Right? The Holy Spirit is even better than Nutella. Isn't that amazing? He's, he's amazing. Well, like someone told me one time about the, on, on your iPhone that there's a feature. You could kind of scroll down and there's a, a find. You can type anything you're looking for on your whole phone and it finds it. That changed my perspective. Well, the Holy Spirit will change your perspective. He's someone, not something, but someone that will revolutionize the way you see the world. He is a person. He is the most wonderful person that you could ever know. He's patiently waiting to be discovered, patiently waiting to be discovered. He's been forgotten by many Christians. Uh, Some people um, think he is so foreign uh, and that he is the lower member of the Trinity. Well, I've got news for you. The Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they are all equal. And they all are in communion with one another. There is beauty, unity, community, majesty, in the community of the Trinity. Uh, And and we need to have a proper emphasis on the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some churches are very Father-centric. Everything is about Father God. Everything is about we pray to our Heavenly Father. You ever heard people pray the Father God prayer? Uh, Father God, we come to you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father God, and we thank you, Father God, for all you're doing, Father God, 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 I mean, it's just everything's Father God. Everything's total Father God. But then you got a lot of churches that it's Jesus everything. Everything is Jesus. It's Jesus this, Jesus that. I mean, I wrote a book called Jesus First, Jesus Always. That's great. And Jesus First, Jesus Always has a lot of power in the context of the person that he is in the Trinity. He fits with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And a lot of churches are spirit-centric. Everything they do is the Holy Spirit. We have to have a proper balance in our theology. We need to be God-centric because he is all of those things. And I think sometimes one of the reasons that we shy away from the person of the Holy Spirit is the idea of a spirit or the idea of a ghost. 
we're not, we don't get down with that very often. I mean, like a lot of people don't want anything to do with a ghost or a spirit. They say, that's, that's not for me. You can't relate to it. But really, when you think of it, we all have a spirit. We all have a spirit, not just a, a, an eternal spirit that will live with God someday forevermore. Our bodies won't will cease to exist in the form they are now, but our spirit will remain and we will have a new body that we have that God gives us uh, in, in heaven someday. So we have that spirit, but we also have a spirit which is just the mentality, the mindset of who we are. Uh, you ever met someone and you say, man, that guy's got a great spirit. Well, you're not, you don't mean his ghost. You mean that there's something about him. There's a mindset. There's a feeling that, uh, that you get when you're around someone. When you think of the Holy Spirit, he is the Holy Spirit. He is the way that we have access to holiness. I don't know you. I probably not, have not met many of you. Uh, but I'll tell you this right now. Your spirit ain't holy. I don't have to know very much about you to know that you don't have a Holy Spirit without the Holy Spirit. Our spirit is the opposite of holy. And sometimes we get intimidated to go into that spirit life because we have seen the misuse of spiritual things so much by other Christians that are really, really weird. You ever had someone that starts prophesying over you in a parking lot? Or just, it just starts going after telling you, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Uh, I'll never forget, my mom uh, one time had someone prophesy over her that if she, got, if she married my dad, she would get in a car crash. That person was not a truth teller. Is that a nice way to say it? Uh, somebody told my wife that if she ever married me, that I would be missing the call of God uh, on her life. That's, that's, that is the misuse of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That is a false prophet. That's someone who's masquerading as a person that is spiritual, but is misusing and abusing. I think what happens is when we see people misuse the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we shy away. We say, well, I don't want to do that. So what do we do? Nothing. We would rather do nothing than to try to step out in faith and use these things properly. Well, I got news for you. There is a proper way to use the gifts of the Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit are life-giving. They are encouraging. They break the yoke of sin and bondage in people's lives. They empower you to live the life. We can't live without the gifts of the Spirit. We can't live without the power of the Holy Spirit moving in us. What if we're afraid to radically change the world because we're afraid of looking weird? What if I told you it's not weird to live a spirit-empowered life, but it's actually what a Christian is supposed to look like? What if I told you that this kind of life is the most attractive life to people that are hopeless and empty, to see people that are full of the power and the purpose of God, when they see God's hand on your life, they're going to say, that is what I am missing. Look at someone next to you and say, you're called to live a spirit life. Put your hand on your heart and say, I'm called to live a spirit life. What if I told you that a miraculous, supernatural life is as simple as saying yes to the Holy Spirit? What if I told you that you could do that today and you don't have to use church talk? You can actually speak in your own voice. Anybody ever wondered why people get so spiritual with the church voice? That you talk to someone, how's your day going? Oh, man, doing great. You know, I hung out yesterday at the beach with my family. I say, will you get up there and pray? Sure, I'll go up there and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your faithfulness. For thine faithfulness is as great as the one edge of the sea is to the other, dear Lord. We beseech thee, O King of kings and Lord of heavenly hosts. I mean, it's like you turn British, you turn into the King James. 
you start speaking tenses of things that you never normally speak. You don't have to do that to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You can be you. As a matter of fact, it's more powerful when it is you. It's more powerful when it comes through your voice. Okay, I'm going to go over a couple things today. First of all, I believe that the generation that God is raising up, uh, if it's Gen Z, I believe that that generation is going to be the most significant generation that has ever carried the presence of God in history. I believe that uh, millennials, God's not done with you yet. I believe there's a power that's coming to you. I believe that you're, you're stepping into that season right now where God is going to use you in a great way. I believe my generation, uh, uh, Generation X, God's not done with us. I believe boomers, he's not done with you. I don't believe he's done with any of them. But I believe that the Holy Spirit still has a purpose for every single generation to work in conjunction and unity with one another to bring his message of hope and power and purpose to lost and broken people. And we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Our words are not good enough. Our preaching is not good enough. Our knowledge is not good enough to change and transform people's lives. We need him to do what only he can do. When I was praying about this, my wife and I were talking. I was saying, babe, I think the Lord spoke to me this morning in my my quiet time with, with, with him. And the Holy Spirit told me, I will never do what you can do. He said, I will never do. Get this. He said, I will never do what you can do, I will only do what you cannot do. So if you think, if that doesn't make sense, you got to think about it for a second because that'll confuse me if I don't know what he means by that. Uh, Let's just throw out preaching. I can preach. I can pick up a microphone and recite a bunch of things that I've learned. I can give a gospel invitation. But what he's saying is if you do that on your own, then I won't do it through you. But if you say, God, even the things I can do, I can't actively without you. I can't do them without you, so you do it through me. I can't. Is anyone here today? You have to say, Lord, I can't be a good husband. I can't. I might try. I might do all the things that I'm supposed to do as a good husband, but that's not what being a good husband is. You have to come to God and say, God, I can't do it. Will you do it through me? Then he's just waiting for permission. And he says, yes, now I will do what you cannot do. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us. He wants to use us to allow us to do the things that only he can do. So Acts chapter one, I'm gonna give you three different kinds of baptisms today. And I wanna show you that they are all distinct from one another. Some of this will kind of cross over into theological ideas today, but don't get bored. Uh, If you're watching online, don't check out and say, man, I'm just bummed out. I thought someone was gonna encourage me today. Once you get this and you get the power of the Holy Spirit in in your life, you're going to have all the courage you need. You're going to have a lot of encouragement, overflowing with encouragement, once you understand this idea. Check this out. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, it says, On one occasion, he was eating them, he being Jesus. He was eating with them, and he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Someone say the gift. The gift my father promised. Okay, so he's talking to disciples. He's talking to the apostles and he says, wait for the gift which my father promised. So that means they were saved. They had already accepted Christ. They had already put their faith in Jesus. They had seen his death, his burial, and his resurrection. They already had, they were already Christians. 
But he said there is a gift that you have yet to receive even though you are a Christian. So this is something that is separate from salvation. There are a lot of people in this room that are saved. But I'm going to tell you right now, I, I know it in faith, you have not yet received the gift that Jesus is talking about here. Okay, and let me tell you something really quick about a gift. A gift is something that does you absolutely no good unless you receive it. Sometimes people give me gifts, and at Christmas time, I've got all these gifts. I'm trying to figure out where to put them, and I'll set some of them here in my garage, some of them there, and I'll try to bring these in one at a time. Well, not long ago, I found a gift that was over by my golf clubs, and I went and opened it. It was from 2017. And somebody gave me a $100 gift card to Ruth's Chris. Praise the Lord. But it was expired. That's cheap, right? I can't believe it. Why would they do that? Why would they put an expiration on that? I don't understand. But, but, but when, I, when I looked at it, I thought, that, not the person, Ruth Chris. When I looked, at, when I looked at, the, at the gift card, I was like, man, it's expired. So the gift did me no good. It was mine. I had access to it. It was sitting there. I could have opened it at any time, but it didn't help me because I didn't open it. You've been given a gift by the Lord. It has no expiration date. It is there for you to open and to use anytime you want to. It's the gift that Jesus is referring to here to the disciples. And here's it. he tells us what it is in verse 5 of Acts chapter 1. He said, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. So that is a different baptism than the baptism of water. He says you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so people confuse baptism by the Holy Spirit with baptism in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we can't even come to Jesus. We don't even know that we have a need for Jesus. It's not possible for us to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe in you. I need you. I know I'm a sinner. The human heart doesn't have that ability. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. The message of the cross doesn't even make sense to people that don't need God because the Holy Spirit has not empowered them to know that they have a need for Jesus. But the Bible tells us it, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, it says, Therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. We can't know that if you're here today and you're saved, it's only because of the Holy Spirit that you're saved. Because essentially what happens is the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Jesus. You say, well, where do you get that from? Well, let's read it together right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 13. It says, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. You ever heard that phrase, the body of Christ? Okay, so all of us individually are collectively baptized into Jesus and we form the modern day body of Christ. We are Jesus to the world. That's why all of our gifts and the local church is so important that we are able to represent the body of Christ and empower people to be leaders, empower people to discover their gifts and to go out and make the maximum impact we can. But listen, verse 13 says, for we were all baptized by one spirit. 
Okay, so this is different. This is the Holy Spirit that is doing the baptizing. We were all baptized by one spirit to form one body. So we are baptized by the Holy Spirit to form one body. That means we're baptized into Jesus by his blood. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into salvation, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We were all given the one spirit to drink. So this is really important. As we're building this idea toward the end of this message, at the end of this sermon, we are baptized into the faith and into Jesus by the Holy Spirit. So we are baptized into Jesus by who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Okay, that's, num- that's the first baptism. The second, ba- so the first baptism is the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The second baptism is that a disciple baptizes us in water. Okay, so after we are saved, it is very important And it is one of the holy sacraments of the Christian faith. Communion is very holy and it's a sacrament that's very important that keeps us one with the body and the blood of Jesus. But baptism is a physical identification with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every person that is saved should be baptized in water. It is important when you have put your faith in Christ to be baptized in water. So we've got the first baptism is what? Where the Holy Spirit does what? He baptizes us into into Jesus. The second baptism is a disciple baptizes us where? Into water. That's really important. It doesn't have to be a pastor. It it can be just a a faith-filled person that encourage you. We're supposed to do that as disciples of the Lord, baptize people. And, and we find that Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. It's a covenant that we identify. There's symbolism here, but there's also power. That's why at City of Life, once a month we have our baptisms. We encourage people, even if you came in your church clothes, jump in there. We'll give you a t-shirt. We'll encourage you. Uh, It says, you know, I have decided to follow Jesus. We want you to leave here encouraged, stepping out in your new faith. It is a really important part of the, I'm grateful that at Blink, we have baptized like over 7,000 people over the years. We've baptized people from all over the world. Uh, It's an awesome thing. But that's not it. That's not it. Somebody say there's more. Come on, say there's more. Okay. This is not... What I'm talking about that's coming, that's more, is not just mentioned in Acts. It's mentioned in all of the Gospels. This other gift thing that Jesus was talking about, that is after salvation, that many Christians are content to just live their life saved. They don't have any power in their life. They're not operating with any authority in their life. They don't see God moving in their life in a supernatural way. Maybe from time to time, of course, the Spirit of God is with you. He does live within you. Uh, It doesn't make you less of a Christian. It just really doesn't equip you to do all the things that you're called to do, to have the authority. You see a lot of Christians that don't, they're they're shy, they're nervous, they can't step out in faith. They don't have yet all the gifts and tools that God has empowered them to live with. So this last part is in all the Gospels. I'm going to read them to you right now. We see in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He's talking about who? Jesus. 
He says, he will baptize you with, read it with me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So the Holy Spirit did the baptizing in Jesus in order for us to be what? For us to be saved. The Holy, come on, work with me. The Holy Spirit did the baptizing in Jesus so that we could be what? So that we could be saved. A disciple does the baptizing in water so we identify with the death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ. But here John is saying that who is doing the baptizing this time? Jesus is doing the baptizing. And he's baptizing us in what? The Holy Spirit and fire. Ooh. I like the fire aspect. There's fire. A fuego. En la casa de Dios, fuego. Enciéndeme, consúmame, yo quiero ver. La, 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 la. Don't get me started. I like that fire. You know I like that fire. That's what he's talking about. That's why that song is so good, is it's talking about the fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire. Jesus baptizes us. This last gift that Jesus is promising is him baptizing us in fire. In fire. Mark, so that's Matthew. Mark chapter 1, verse 8. John says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke, John answered them all. I baptize you with water. That's Luke chapter 3. But one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Those are the synoptic gospels. John's not even one of the synoptic gospels that kind of coincide. They're all the same stories. You get different stories in John, but you know what? He said it in John too. John chapter one, verses 32 and 33. John gave them this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with. Is it on there? With what? Who does the baptizing in the Holy Spirit? Jesus does the baptizing in the Holy Spirit. You have to be in Christ. That's the qualification. You gotta be in Christ first, in the body of Christ, in order for Jesus to do the baptizing in the Holy Spirit. See, I encourage you to get baptized in water. We're going to have a moment here. By the way, I can't get through all these notes. I have got so many notes today. I didn't plan this uh, to have way more than I could teach, but I'm just going to come here on Wednesday night. I told my team just today, I didn't, this is not planned. Just come in here, turn the lights on, give us a guitar. I don't care if there's five people. I'm going to teach everything I have on the Holy Spirit. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. You guys want to come? We might be here three hours. We might have old school, Pentecostal, fall down on the floor, speak in tongues. I'll do a backflip off the front row. We're going to have something. Something's going to happen here on Wednesday night. I don't know what it is. But if you all want to come at 7, they're going to open the doors. I don't even know if we'll have the sound system on. I got a loud enough voice. We'll preach. It'll happen, 7 p.m. All right, so, so as we continue on, we see here that he says, he says, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So our text scripture confirms what we're talking about here. Our text scripture is Acts 1, 4, 5. On one occasion, he was eating with them, gave him his command, do not leave Jerusalem, 
but wait for the gift. That's what, I, that's what I've been driving home. As Jesus said, wait for the gift my father promised. John, then he, he confirms it. So it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. First five books of the New Testament. This promise is in all of them. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? That's a pretty strong case that this is something that's different than the initial work of the Holy Spirit in salvation. It's something that's different. Yes, I, I do believe that we have the Holy Spirit living within us, dwelling within us, but I believe there's something else that Jesus was talking about that had yet to happen to these people. And Jesus had been promising this. In John chapter 7, verse 38, he says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Is there anyone that's thirsty for God today? Are you thirsty to drink deep of the water? To drink deep of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? Does anybody ever, is it just me or does anyone else ever wake up at night and your mouth is completely dry? Like you feel like you are about to die. Like you can't hardly open your mouth. And isn't it funny, like you never just go to the, the you never just go get a glass and just go, Never. You do what I do. You fill the thing up and you go, it just spills all over you. You don't care. You're dying. You can't, you, you feel like you can't even swallow. Like, and even when you go back to bed, you're kind of thirsty. It, that's, that's what he's asking. He's saying, who's thirsty? He's saying, who's thirsty? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And listen, here's what he says. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly will flow rivers of... You're trying, to, you're trying to quote the whole Bible. I like that. My, give my man a hand over there. He's preaching my scripture for him. What's your name? Who is it? Minister Wingfield. I like you, Minister Wingfield. Thank you. We're on the same team, homie. It says, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water will flow out of your belly. Doesn't that sound awesome? Rivers flowing out of you. Rivers, rivers, rivers. You can't control a river. A river just flows and it flows and it flows and you don't even understand where the source is, but all this fresh life is coming out. I want to live that kind of life. And he told us exactly what it is. He says, he said this about the spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive. They had not yet received it. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So after Acts 1, Jesus is glorified. Acts 2 takes place. And we see here, man, man, if you've never read Acts chapter 2, I'm going to talk about it on Wednesday night. If you don't know what happened when the spirit got poured out at Pentecost, and all those people are in one place at one time. Everyone starts speaking. They've been waiting for this. They don't even know what it looks like. They're just in one room praying together. Like, they're like, Lord, give it to us. We don't even know what it is. We don't know what this gift is. Boy, they didn't think that little fire balls were going to be on their head. And, and that they were going to be speaking in languages. And, and just breaking out in, in, in languages that... They, they didn't understand, but other people would hear them and hear them preaching and declaring and praising the good works of God in their own native language when they heard them. Tongues, the, the gift of tongues is going on all over the place. 
I, I mean, even that phrase tongues, I, I, it's what the Bible says, but I, I do like the word languages or spiritual languages because even the word tongue, I mean, I think the word tongue is gross. Like, I don't know if I think of a tongue. Like if someone said, let me show you my tongue, I would say, I don't ever want to be around you again. Don't show me your tongue. That's gross. Like, the, like the, the, the idea of tongues, he's speaking in tongues, it just sounds so strange. And I understand it's a foreign idea, but once again, remember how earlier I said sometimes we shy away from things because we don't understand them or we don't like them? Even that word sometimes throws people off. They don't want anything to do with it because it sounds strange. But I want to let you know, it's not strange if God says that's what it's supposed to be. If that's what God wants us to do, we're going to do it. And there is an application of it that is right. There's an application of it that makes sense, that is beautiful, that is holy, that is powerful. And that's what we're in pursuit of. We're in pursuit of all of God's presence in our life in the way that he wants us to do it. But I love this also as you, as you, you know, keep going on. It says this, Acts chapter 2, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the, the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? So they speak in tongues. They hear them declaring the good works of God. Peter preaches and Peter says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Acts chapter 8, later on, it says, When they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. This is important. It says, when they what? Believed. So you have people that are believing. That means the Holy Spirit is baptizing them into what? Or who? Into Jesus. Okay. Then it says they were baptized. So they were baptized by a disciple into what? Into water both men and women. It says Simon himself believed it was baptized and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived and prayed for the new believers that were there, that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had already been saved. They had already been baptized, but the Holy Spirit had not come on any of them yet. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. I would like to ask you today, have you yet received the Holy Spirit? Or is the Holy Spirit the gift that's wrapped up behind your golf clubs? Is the gift of the Spirit something that has already been given to you by God? This whole life that he's called you to live of power, of mystery. It's just wild. It's just a wild life of not knowing exactly What's going to happen? What's going what's to happen next? I don't know. Like the other day, I was at the gas station. Some guy was counting change out of his pocket, and he had on a, a roofing shirt. And he didn't even speak very good English. I could hear him talk. He was speaking Spanish to the guy that, was, that, was, that he was paying for. And, I, and he said, you know, he, he, I could understand that he was saying, put, put $4 on my car. And so I said, hey, put, put, put an additional 20 on his car. I, I want to put 20 on his car. And so the guy turned around, he pat me on the shoulder, he said, thank you. And he went out to his car and he was pumping it. And he goes, come here. And, and, and he, he could barely, you know, he, I, my Spanish is not great, but he was speaking to me a little bit in Spanish, a little bit in English, and I did not know what to do. So you know what I started doing? I started praying in tongues. And, and, and he just said, gloria a Dios, gloria. I mean, he, did, he just lifted his hand right there and he was praying. I just started praying in the spirit over him. And God just started using me in that moment. It's wild. It's wild. 
I'm like, I turn into like a babbling fool. I'm like, yo soy un pastor y mi iglesia es en San Cloud, a city of life, ciudad de la vida. And I'm like, la presencia del Señor es muy poderoso en mi iglesia. And I'm just trying to get the guy, you know. But you know what? He's crying. I'm crying. God is moving. This is not me figuring out what to do. This is the Holy Spirit of God that gives you ideas. He gives you things to do in the moment. He comes into that moment and does what no man can do. This is the life he has called us to. It's wild and free. It's wonderful. It, 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 you have to have some high expectations to live this kind of life and a lot of faith. Acts chapter 19, verses one through seven. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, this is really important. Paul asks disciples who have already been baptized, help me here, by the Holy Spirit into, they've already been baptized by disciples into, and now Paul is asking disciples. Listen to the question that Paul asks the disciples. Read it with me. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you what? Did you receive? So the gift was there. It's already been given to you. Did you unwrap the gift? Did you accept the gift? What was their answer? They said, no, that's an honest answer. We don't even, we, we didn't even hear that was a Holy Spirit. They're like, man, that sounds great. They're like, we didn't even understand that part of the story. Praise God. How cool is that? And then he goes, he says, well, what baptism did you receive? What baptism did you receive? What baptism? He knew they were already baptized into Christ. He knew they were already baptized into water. Which one of those, which, which baptism did you receive? They said, John's. And he said, well, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And he told people to believe in the one coming after him. And that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul placed his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. And this, they got baptized in the Holy Ghost with the Holy Ghost. There's more for you today. You know, Wednesday, I'm gonna talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And in that teaching, I wanna talk, you know, I wanna talk about some of the various ones, you know, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, faith, healing, the working of miracles, these are all various gifts. And the way I would describe it is for Christmas last year, I bought Amy this really expensive, exclusive kind of perfume. And the brand of that perfume, if I were to buy all of those, the big bottles of, of them, it would probably have cost about like $8,000 or something. But they had this special little pack where you could have little versions of like nine different ones. So when I gave her the gift, 
it was a single gift that I gave her. But within that single gift, there were gifts inside the gift. You following me here today? And what I like about that gift to her is she was like, thank you for the gift. She was like, I like that one when we're having dinner. <laughs> She's like, I like that other one when I'm with my friends. She doesn't really talk like that, but it's, it's a good impersonation. Uh, she had different ones that she liked that were all part of the gift. And in the same way, there are many different gifts that are given to you with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so today, is there anyone that's kind of excited about what's happening right now? You feel like the Holy Spirit is just moving in your life? You want more of Him? So I don't think what's about to happen is weird. I don't believe it's strange. I believe it's so important, so powerful. But I wanna ask everyone in the room to stand right now. And first, before we ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives, I'm gonna ask if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.